Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 112-97 loss in Game 2 versus the Philadelphia 76ers Riker. And all I want to say, starting off this podcast, is... You gotta lose two games in order to win in six, and the Raptors, they're getting them out of the way early because they want momentum rolling into that second round, Riker, but definitely one of the, not one of the, probably the worst game I've ever watched, not just from the Toronto Raptors' performance, just for, as a basketball fan, because this was slow, this was ugly, this was boring, this was atrocious. How you feeling after game two in this one, Riker? Let my thoughts be known, Ben, for everybody holding their breath in the comments section and for all of the 76ers fans that are going to come to gloat post-podcast and try and pick apart what we say in this one, Ben. I'm going to get straight to it. And it's I'm not talking about whether or not the refing impacted the outcome of this game. I'll leave that to the listeners to decide, Ben. I'm just going to talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. And what happened was... Four touch fouls, well, three touch fouls and one, you know, intentional foul on Gary Trent Jr., our best dynamic scorer to take him out of the game in the second half or in the in the first half, right? Two blocking fouls, one challenged, same call happened on OG in game one. That was called a charge, both blocking fouls. What else happened? Precious Achua went up for a defensive rebound. Embiid grabbed it over his head. He still had his back to Embiid when Embiid went back up with it, shooting foul on Precious Achua, right? All of these things add up 23 free throw attempts to seven at the end of the first half. These are just facts. Yeah. So I'll leave it up to you whether or not that impacts the outcome of the game, but I've never seen such a blatant bias in the officiating before. This one was disgusting to watch, man. The first quarter was egregious. Joel Embiid got... 12 free throws in the first quarter, and it looked ugly. But I think the rest of the game, there were horrible calls throughout, but I think the first quarter is where we can really complain about the refing in this one. And the Raptors first just... First half. Yeah, first half, especially the first quarter, though. And agreed. It, 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 I felt it leveled out as the game went along, but the Toronto Raptors still should have not just rolled over and died. And this is one of the big complaints I have with this one because even though the refing at the start especially was just blatantly horrible, gross, brutal, however you want to call it, but the Raptors had their chances. They had their moments as the game went along to sort of come back, swing the momentum. We had those moments where we almost broke through, we almost pushed through the seal, but you know, whether it was a, a dumb play, a poor decision or something like that, the momentum would always get halted so I'm not blaming this one fully on the referees even though it's it's very hard playing eight on five as people brought up but you know what I'm going to talk about a lot of positives I saw from this game especially going forward in this series in this video we got a lot to break down so if you want to make some money if you want to you know make some bread on this series you know you want the best odds because I know there's going to be a lot of people following this podcast that are going to say you know what it's time to hit that Raptors money line and hitting that you know first round of the playoffs you guys got to go to bet stamp 
The link is in the description. Go to betstamps.app slash Ontario, and you guys can find the best possible odds. It's like Trivago for betting, right? In order to get the best odds, the best prices, the best returns, you got to be able to see those different books, those different books that you can snipe your snipe your bets apps, and they're all aggregated at the Betstamp app. If you go to that uh, link down below, use the promo code Raptors, right? You'll be getting the best odds. Riker, you and I, when we signed up for Betstamp, we got like 200 free dollars and signing up or free betting credits for uh for all of these sports books so you guys can get those same deals and you can follow the raptors digest picks you can follow them at uh at the bet stamp uh, shop for the best odds look at our profile our creator profile on the bet stamp app because you and i lost all of our money in these first two games of the playoffs but that's how it goes joshy ice though Anyone that watches those live stream know this man is a hitter. And if you want to see those odds, you can go to the BetStamp app and see what Josh is doing. Maybe you and I will poke our heads in there every now and then, but see what's happening. But obviously, you want the best odds, whatever your sports betting. So check out the BetStamp app. They're a Canadian company. They're doing all that stuff out there. And we got a bunch of guys from the Digest crew working over there. So we appreciate everyone checking that out. Check out the link down below. But Riker... I'm not horrified at this game. I know you and I might have some difference of opinions, but I guess first things first. Do you still feel confident in the Raptors winning this series going forward? Because you and I, following the first two games of the Bucks raptors series when we went down 0-2, we are both feeling really good going into Game 3. How are you feeling at this point in the series? My confidence its uh, hasn't been shook based on the performance of the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Outside of their defense. Defense has sucked. Yeah. The top 10 defensive team and can't even hold them to under 30 points in a quarter. Now, I know they scored 28 in the third. And then the fourth quarter of this game was the only successful quarter they've had in eight quarters of play. Right? So that's concerning to me. But these refs, they're a big asterisk to me. Are they going to be playing against the Raptors when we're at home in the Scotiabank Arena? If so, I'm writing this entire series off because it's really hard to get your momentum in a game if you can't guard Embiid. You physically cannot guard him because anytime he comes into contact with a, an elbow, a chest, a, a body hair, the whistle is blown. Now, that said, Ben, you know, you got to win on the road to make it a yep. series. The Raptors have been playing pretty good offensively. Boucher played well tonight. Fred Van Vliet started super hot and then didn't score for the rest of the three quarters, it seemed like. Still, on aggregate, had a pretty decent game. So there's a lot of good things about this Raptors team that you can look to, and especially when you bring in the excitement from the fans at home. We could easily take game three, get that momentum into game four, like you're saying. Yep. The series, you can't write off a series. I'm seeing too many people in the chat. I'm seeing too many people on Twitter, Reddit, wherever, writing off this series before we've played a single home game. Riker, we've seen how these series go. Even our previous series in 2019 against Philadelphia, with exception of Game 4 and Game 2, I believe, all those games were won on the road, and the the ones or were won at home, sorry, and the ones that were won on the road were absolute grinded-out showcases. So... The Raptors got their opportunity now to protect their home court, to hopefully get buys back into the lineup, get buys back rocking. So we can't write off this series and get down on this team until we see them perform at home. But you bring up some good points there. The refing is a question mark. You and I made a rant on this in sort of the intro, but 
I think the Raptors can overcome it if they just bring that energy. And the point, you know, you brought up how Chris Boucher was a plus nine, or no, not plus nine, but had a really good performance, 17 points, eight rebounds in this one. But you said in the last game, no one was taking any charges on Embiid, on Harden, who were just bullying their way in there, plowing their way to the rim. But we saw in the second half, especially when the Raptors made their run, Boucher drew like three offensive fouls, it felt like, on Joel Embiid. I don't know if that was the exact number, but he was making some great hustle plays, and he's honestly looked like the best matchup we've seen on Embiid this entire series so far. And obviously, you and I talked about Precious Achua being switched on to a... Uh, James Harden, how that's really worked out at times. And then, you know, if we get someone onto Maxi, that will work. The defense is what needs to be sort of fixed up. We're letting them score too, too much. And we need a few more of those open shots to go down. As you said, Fred Van Vliet came out absolutely on fire, right? Was knocking down, splashing shots. But then as the game went along, cooled off a little bit. But Riker, the worst thing about this game, the thing that I feel like just killed the Toronto Raptors is... We're notoriously not the greatest half-court offense. That's known throughout this entire season. Came out, start off the game super fast, super energetic, super ready to go. And then foul, foul, turnover, whistle, this, that, and whatever. And whether it was a call on the Sixers, on the Raptors, it just slowed the game to an absolute halt. Even though the Sixers were going on, it felt like a 30-2 run. The gym was just quiet. There was no energy to feed off. And... We need to play Raptor-style basketball regardless of what the referees are doing. That's what hopefully we'll be able to do back in Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm trying to give my analysis without pulling in the refing tonight. I'm just no. I'm paralyzed with how bad it was because it completely took me out of the game. And I'm sitting at home on my couch watching it through the screen. I can't imagine how frustrating it must be for our players, the Toronto Raptors, to be out there playing normal aggressive basketball that they've been playing all season long and just not getting any benefit of the whistle right challenging pretty clear shots and 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 not having it stand right there's just a lot of foolery out there that i'm thinking it's making it tough for them to come back but then like you said second half they kind of turned the corner they went on a 20 or 22 to nothing run it mm -hmm. seemed like it was back to normal basketball for the Toronto Raptors. And then, of course, Maxi had a big three and lots yeah. of guys. Danny Green had some big shots tonight. But you can contain that a lot easier at home because they're not getting those energy plays. You're not going to have the crowd light up when Danny Green hits a corner three. It'll just be dead, right? All yeah. the benefit of those energy plays is going to go for the Raptors. Yeah. And, Riker, it's... You know, we see a bunch of guys, right, these role players that are kicking it, you know, that play well at home, right? Danny Green, right, Tobias Harris, even a Tyrese Maxey, who I know they're all great players, they're all good and whatnot, but in Toronto, it's going to be a different vibe. And we have a super chat coming in from Zeke saying, do we win with Scotty? Siakam hasn't been aggressive, and those two are the only two guys who can create their own shots at the rim, which opens up a lot for us. And Zeke, we appreciate the super chat. But I feel like there's a lot of stuff just going on right now that Scotty Barnes would certainly help. He's a guy that provides that energy, right? And that spark was desperately needed in this game tonight. So maybe that energy from Scotty would have sparked one of these runs sooner, would have changed the momentum. So I, I'd agree with you on that front. But I think we just need, and I, I thought Siakam wasn't horribly passive or wasn't looking like 
uh, 20, what was it, 2020 Siakam looking in the bubble, right? I think he's been all right. We just need to sort of get the ball to him more, feast on those mismatches, and run out in transition. That creates from your defense. That's from fouls not being called, and Scotty Barnes definitely helps out with that, but I don't think we necessarily need Scotty to fix these issues we're having right now. That's another good point you raise, and... I- I mean, it's all theoretical, right? If somebody goes down with an injury, you're always going to ponder the what if. But you make do with the lineup that you had. We beat the 76ers in that last regular season game without OG and Nobi, and they're kind of the, you know, the parallel player between the two. So you can get it done, right? You don't Mm -hmm. need the full unit in order to still get a couple wins off of this team. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully he returns. But there's definitely a path to victory even if Scotty Burns is out for the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, there's definitely things we can fix up. Like this series is not lost. All hope is not lost. Raptors fans stop. You know, we get the haters. We get the downers after these losses. And I get it, you know, especially with how draining and sleepy Riker. If I ever have insomnia in my life, if I ever am struggling to get to sleep, I'm just going to throw on the highlights of this or the full game Right, and watch all that free throw fest. And regardless of what happens following this series, you know what? We can at least say, night in, night out, throughout the course of a regular season, we don't have to watch a free throw fest night in, night out. And Sixers fans, they have to suffer at that cause. Even if they're winning the games, they have to suffer and watch whatever basketball that is. I tuned in at halftime to the Dallas Mavericks and Utah Jazz game, and they're running up the court back and forth. I was like, whoa, this is what basketball is supposed to look like. And it was, uh, you know, maybe it made me enjoy the game of basketball again. So I was happy And a quick with that. score check for you, Ben, because you're eager for the Mavs game. 93-91, seven minutes left in the fourth. I don't know if you have it on in the background, but it's a tightly contested affair. I got the wrong channel on my TV over here. It's oh, the Warriors man. and Nuggets happen on my screen. The chat will have to keep us updated in here. But Riker, let's get a little drum roll going for the, for the, the segments. And tonight... The Scotty Barnes Award, it's going to none other than Scotty Barnes on the sideline, looking iced out, looking fresh, motivated, ready to go. In the pregame interviews, he's happy, he's he's ready to rock, there's confidence that he might be able to return and come in games. I don't know if there's anyone else it could go to tonight, Riker. <laughs> no, there was virtually no one else that it could go to tonight except for Scotty Barnes himself, Ben. Yeah. Let's keep this up. Keep it going with the segment, sir. Yeah, let's let's get this rocking. Tonight, the spicy pea lay of the day. It's going to a guy I want to shine some light on, Riker. And I guess the charge is drawn by Chris Boucher. Those We talked about that earlier in the podcast. You love seeing that. Channeling his inner Kyle Lowry. I tried... I tried rocking the Scotty Barnes jersey for Game One, Riker. Bad, it, you know, you got to get the right jersey for the right series. We didn't get that one going. I threw on the OG good luck Kyle Lowry jersey in this game, and even though it didn't channel us the win, it got us a few charges from Chris Boucher. So I'm I'm shouting out the jersey for that. But OG Ananobi in this one was hitting some threes. Was every time he had James Harden on him, driving to the rim, making some great plays. With the exception of that time he dribbled off his foot when the Raptors were going on a massive run. He was amazing tonight. 26 points, 10 of 14 from the field, 4 of uh, 7 from the three-point line. And as Zeke brought up, right, Siakam is kind of, he's not looking passive, but he's not getting the same exact shots that he's getting in the regular season. I just think that's because the defense is clogged in on him left, right, and center. I don't think it's like the the Celtics series where they were barely even guarding him in that series and he wasn't really rocking out. But 
OG Ananobi's kind of getting those single coverages of a of a James Harden or even a Tobias Harris at times, even a Maxi, and he has taken advantage. I think an adjustment for Nick Nurse is get the ball to OG more. Yeah, well, passive isn't the right word. Settling would be the right word yeah. because he's taking a lot more middies, taking a lot more deep fadeaways, right? Right from barely one, two steps in from that three-point line. So that's not a shot. I mean, he has it in his bag, but it's probably the lowest percentage shot that he could get. So if there's guys that can create the offense a little bit better, if he can get deep post position, kick it out, get good mm -hmm. ball movement, then, you know, that's another recipe for success for the Raptors in the next game, Ben. But not all plays. Sir can be the spicy P. Lay. Some make you say, oh, geez, I assume that this entire game for you was an oh, geez. But do you have a moment more specific than that? <laughs> the entire game, the whistles, the refing, I guess the whistles would be more of a kazoo to throw out there. But we did get a moment tonight. Ken Birch splashed a three out of nowhere, Riker. It's sort of, you know, I was sitting there on the couch in a bit of a daze watching this game, you know. All the free throws, they were putting me to sleep. And then I see Mr. Kim, Kim Birch banging threes. He kind of had a solid game in this one. Uh, you know, his first stint in the in the game didn't look too hot. They weren't even guarding him at all in the three-point line in the cuts. But I thought uh, in the second half, his stint, where the Raptors were driving, he was getting into the dunker spot, finishing around the rim. Only had five points, two rebounds, and assists to steal. But I thought his defense was good. He was a plus nine in those minutes. And... For splashing a three, Ken Birch made me say OGs, oh, but I guess that's sort of a positive one. But I, I'm i guessing this is also an OGs play of the day. I don't know if you have one in mind, but you're bring, you brought up the blocking fouls. You brought up all the, the free throws in the first quarter. But in the second half, there was a moment where James Harden drove the lane. He just drops the shoulder and somehow gets the calls every time. But he just ran straight into Joel Embiid. Both of them flopped. Like, both of them ran onto the floor. Precious was just sort of, Precious or Boucher were just standing straight up. James Harden runs into Embiid. They both fall over and they call a foul on Precious. It makes zero sense what's going on in these games, Riker. Oh, it makes sense, Ben. And I have my thoughts on it. Conspiracy, sir. But we shan't get into that. And a little update for you. The Dallas Mavericks have taken a three-point lead with five minutes left in this jazz game. So love it. Let's continue the segment, sir. The now infamous Paul Pierce going kazoo for worst performance of the Eve. You could dole it out, right? You could look at our main guys, not the, the best consistent performance in this one, especially after starting really well, arguably mm -hmm. in the first quarter, got the fire alarms going off behind me. Do you have somebody I'm thinking maybe you maybe got, Van you got some Leach, fire maybe... alarm going on. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a big fire truck. I, I can't hear anything. I don't know <laughs> if it's coming through the microphone or not. Hey, tonight the the golden kazoo, it's going to whatever Gary Trent Jr.'s got because you and I said in game uh, game one of the series, Gary just didn't look like himself. Obviously, came out that he has a non-COVID illness. He hasn't been playing with that same swag we've seen from the star boy in these games. He's passing up shots. He's uh he's airballed a couple of just brutal ones that were completely open. You can see the effort, the tenacity he's trying to play on defense, but then, you know, you know how it is, Riker, playing when you're not a hundred percent, when you got some sort of bug, some sort of flu, whatever you got rocking, you just 
your brain isn't moving as quickly, and he's trying to switch on to James Harden, Tyrese Maxey defensively, just doesn't look all the way there, and then obviously the shots aren't going down, so it's not going to Gary, it's going to whatever he's got, right, and we gotta hope it doesn't spread, hopefully it's not something contagious that will spread while he's sitting on the Raptors bench, because that's the last thing we need in this series, but Malachi Flynn's also a guy that I've seen have mixed reviews, because he was a plus nine, a plus eight, sorry, in this game, was on the court when the Raptors made their sort of run, but took four shots. I think three of them were air balls, and he played some solid defense, but had four fouls. It was a perplexing game for the, there for Malachi Flynn. I don't want to give it a kazoo, but I, I want to give it something, Riker. <laughs> give it something? I don't know what. I have no comments to add to his game tonight, because it was bit of a weird one right he was out there with the lineup that had a bit of success so you can't really hate on him too much or anything but it's interesting I'm looking to put this game behind me Ben and move on to the next one at home and hopefully take a little bit of blood pressure and stress level down so I can watch the next one in peace Ben what always brings the fun and excitement up is the final two minutes Ben I think it's time to sound the alarm yeah let's let's get it rocking so so let's let's sound off that alarm that's right the final alarm has sounded we want to hear what you guys have to say about this game what are your thoughts we know we've seen the chats sounding off right now and as a tradition let's get a little like spike rocking we got a few sixers fans in here joel and beat is in the chat apparently saying sixers chats are full of rap sending death threats streamers and players all right well don't don't send death threats folks but I think there's been a lot of drama between the Raptors fans and Sixers fans over the course of this series. Obviously, it's getting chippy out there on the court. I think Sixers fans have been a bit dramatic about some of this stuff, but definitely don't want to condone any any vulgar stuff. But we will talk some smack to Joel Embiid in that we're winning in six. We will say we'll that. We'll talk some smack. It's a fun yeah. budding rivalry between the two franchises, and nothing is better, right, and more promising yeah. for future series when you have some anger and some passion behind it to really make it worthwhile when you win, Ben. And quick score update. Mavs just hit a three, up one, four minutes left in the fourth. It seems to be a close game. I'm just watching the ticker tape, but... I love it. I love it. Closey. Yeah, I don't want to see no Utah Jazz. I want to see Luka back and get him to fight the Timberwolves, get him to fight the Memphis Grizzlies, one of those teams. But that's what's uh, that's what's happening. We'll keep we'll keep that that chatter going as it's going along. Let's see what the chat has to say. But uh, Nobel Prize winning for humans. I don't know what that means, Carter. But uh, uh, Toby is saying attack Maxi, attack Yang in the pick and roll, make them unplayable. Honestly, a, a, go, a spicy pile of the day could have went to Jack Armstrong just for consistently him roasting George's and Yang in the broadcast in this one. He's saying George got like uh, three fouls at some point, and then Jack Armstrong says, oh, this actually hurts the Raptors because Nang will be taken off the floor with foul trouble. You know, that's a one guy that I don't mind, and maybe he'll get more run with Matisse Thibel out in, uh, in Toronto. That's true. Ben. I was watching the ESPN stream and mm-hmm. they called when Precious Achua was out there. They called him no hint of irony or sarcasm or anything. They said he's a three and D guy. Precious Achua. Clearly they know nothing about Precious Achua's game to say they said this. He's a three and D guy, but you know, the Raptors staff, they're developing out the other aspects of his game. I thought, buddy, 
he's not a three and D guy. <laughs> like, like he can shoot the three and he can play defense. So, in the most technical sense, sure. I'm not gonna hate but three on it, and D yeah, puts you three, in a box that yeah. that's that's why you want them on the team. We the, him shooting threes is just yeah, a bonus that we didn't know was part of this game. The the three is not something you probably is the the first thing that's come to mind when you think of precious. You're thinking of just the uh, elite slashing ability and whether the finishing comes is there that night or not. Right, that's precious's most promising aspect right most promising development dimension as a player the three-point shot it'll come along and obviously he's an elite defender so i guess there's there's room to that but you know precious is just the chaos the rebounding and all of that sort of stuff so you know three and d is like a jay crowder even even on the raptors like an ogn and obs player it needs nothing like that but that's a that's pretty wild we got phil b saying joel and booty maxi better than fred what i don't know that's 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 a hot take. Maxi is fast. He will be good, but Fred Fred's an all star, folks. Stop uh stop roasting. Two thousand three's asking, is this series over? No chance, sir. Raps in six. It's over for the Sixers now because they're not getting any more wins. But uh, Scott Scotia Castle and does Sir Scotty return to the Scotia Castle record? Do you think Sco- Sir Scotty will return to the Scotia Castle? <laughs> Who knows? I hope so. Man, two point uh, game. Three minutes left. Mavs versus Jazz. Yeah, you got this. You got this game on lock. You gotta. You gotta get this rocking. But uh, PJ uh, Farouk, Farouk. I don't know how to pronounce that. Is saying Doc is out coaching Nick right now. Do you? Would you agree with that statement? Would you disagree? Because that's been a big sort of topic of conversation heading into this series. Well, like I am certainly surprised with how the defense of the Raptors has fallen short. Yep. Refing completely aside, we should be able to keep them under thirty points per quarter, and that's basically what they're averaging which is not very impressive considering how good we've done in man-to-man switch zone flashing different styles of defense but not seeming to do as much of that so far in the first two games of the series man yeah i it's it's a really tough thing to sort of gauge right now because the toronto raptors are a team that through over the course of the season have exceeded every single expectation in regards to what this young team was supposed to do. Masai Ujiri came out and said this was a rebuilding year at the start of this season. So we aren't that deep. We are super young. The half court offense has been something that's a question mark all year. And then you have Scotty Barnes out who is a really the playing that Marcus Saul role in terms of facilitating there in the front court that gets your offense rocking. A lot of our schemes run through him, even if he's not the primary ball handler at all times. And then your one shot creator in the half court, the one guy this season that has been consistently able to sort of create his own shot without a, you know, some momentum going behind him. Say Siakam can do it, Fred can do it, but Gary's really that guy that's just an ISO scorer. Without those two guys, it's it's tough for this Toronto Raptors team. We're not that deep. We need those sort of guys to rock out in the half court. And just the style of play has been oh so slow. Nick Nurse should figure out more schemes, should figure out how to get guys in better positions. But with all those things going on, it's tough to gauge that coaching battle when there's those external factors. But you, ha- you got to give credit to Doc because he has played Paul Reed. He has... Uh, not thrown in DeAndre Jordan or Paul Millsap, which you and I were hoping would happen. He hasn't played Yang that much, so that's uh, that's what's happening there. Do you have any takes on the coaching matchup? We'll see. You don't. Mm-hmm. It's not a seriously win on the road, Ben. Exactly. And so we're holding out hope. We'll have our comments. Obviously, if you go down three to nothing, 
you're not coming back in the NBA for the most part. So it's kind of a make it or break a game. But if the Raptors win the next one, the attitude will be completely different in the yep. comment section. People will rally again. Yep. <laughs> William Chan's out here saying, good thing, uh, good thing being up 3-1 is Doc's weakness. So we get one of these at home, even if we lose one on our home court. It's still a 3-1 lead, so maybe we can make it happen. But next one is, is next one a must-win, Riker? Yes, Ben. Obviously, next one's a must-win. Hey, it's not a must-win until you're out. This is a series where I could see the Toronto Raptors come back 3-0. I just, I just feel it in my bones. There's something about the Sixers that just still doesn't scare me. And until we lose, I feel confident in this Raptors squad. I feel like we can just get it rocking. But, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. Bring back Scotty. Well, I'm sure we want to bring out, bring back Scotty C squared, but we don't want to rush him. We don't want to rush him. And uh, Zane saying most of our bench is not battle tested. That's what's uh, that's what's happening. But yeah, people are calling for Justin Champagny to play Matthew uh, Namella. Unfortunately, we uh, gave Armani Brooks the roster spot. Champagny's on a two-way contract. Is that looking like a noob move? At the, noob move at this point, Riker? No. Champagny's not going to come in and be an impact player in the series. Uh, you don't think yeah. Champagny right. could have yeah, come yeah. in and stopped Joel Embiid down in the paint with his elite rebounding? Fresh fro, <laughs> Champagny poppy looking like Drake. <laughs> nah, no. Blowing it off. That's a that's tough. Chad, people are calling me delusional for saying we come back from 3-0. Just because it's never happened in NBA history doesn't mean it couldn't happen this year, folks. Stock Rivers, James Harden. It's a team of... Josh was sounded off at the end of the watch-along stream saying the Sixers are a team built for joking, so maybe we can make it happen. I appreciate me and Josh are on the same page. But uh, Toby's asking what adjustments should be made. What 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 do you think? Should we all, We've talked about a bunch of the stuff that sort of needs to happen going into a Game 3, but what's the biggest thing in your mind that we have to change in order to take that Game 3 at home? Defense right? Rebounding. I, the refing's got to come around, though, Ben. I mean, you you can't play defense when the ball is being fed into the post for 80% of their offense, the 76ers offense, and you can't get away with like, challenging around the rim. You're not getting any charges called on your behalf. I, the refing's got to come around, but the defense needs to be better. 30 points every quarter, you're never going to win a game. You're not going to outshoot the 76ers, because they have James Harden and they have Joel Embiid, two MVP caliber guys, right? Yeah, and uh, and we got a super chat coming in from Crew Sight. So I'm pronouncing that. I apologize if I got that wrong. But can we stop following the Sixers? Ty Tyronto Maxi owned us. Yeah, and that's what Riker was just bringing up. You don't want to, you know, you got to stop. I feel like the cheap ones, we got to stop giving up. There's going to be brutal calls happening left, right, and center, but those sort of momentum stoppers just absolutely kill us because then we get into foul trouble. Those ticky-tack ones, right, where we reach in, where we're, you know, just stop reaching on this team. They got good enough guards where you're not going to get that many steals. Stop reaching. Only get the fouls that are going to be the egregious flopping ones from Embiid, and then we could probably be fine on that end of the floor. So I guess to answer uh, to answer Toby's question that he was spamming in all caps, Right, the first adjustment, stop reaching on all these Sixers drives and stuff. Poke the ball loose if you get the chance, but you know, don't don't get those stupid silly fouls. And then on the offensive end, just push try, do whatever you can to speed the game up. 
right? I know playoff basketball is supposed to slow down, but Raptors are do much better when they're in that open floor. We've done it in the past, right? Nick Nurse knows how to get these offenses going. So Fred Van Vliet, and I think that's a big part. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet, especially in the first quarter, was El Fuego. He's an all-star. He's all that sort of stuff. But he does have a tendency when things are going wrong to slow the game down. Just what happens to Fred Van Vliet, he likes to dribble a little bit too much, try to create his own shot. We went on that run when we started playing fast. The energy was higher, and Fred Van Vliet was on the bench for a good chunk of that. So, I don't know. I, I want to see us play fast, find any which way, overcome the referees, overcome all that sort of stuff, and try to play faster. That's my uh, sort of sort of, uh, sort of of thoughts. What's a, what's a score check on this right now, Riker? I see, see your eyes popping. That's it. What? Mavericks. Seal the deal, baby. Got the W? Just hang on tight. Dallas to Luka comes back. We need this. The Raptors, Mavericks are both making comebacks in this year's playoffs. So you love to see that. But uh, people are bringing up uh, Chris Boucher. Armani Brooks on Maxi. if Gary's still sick. Yeah, it's it's brutal out here. We got to hope Gary Trent Jr. comes back healthy, Riker. Yes. That's a, I think that's going to be key for us as well. But, folks, enough of this game. Enough of the, the Raptors versus Sixers. I'm still, I'm still predicting Raps in six. We've come back against better teams before from a 2-0 deficit. We got the, we're battle-tested. We can do this. We're coming on our home court. Toronto fans need to be amped, need to be juiced going into this one. Pull out a game three. Steal a game four. Momentum's on your side. Win down there in Philadelphia and seal the deal in six. Let's make it happen. But, folks, you guys are the best for making this far. Check out the Instagram, the TikTok, the Twitter, all of that cool stuff. As mentioned, check out the BetStamp link below. Use the promo code RAPTORS to get all of those deals. As I said, Riker and I got like 200 bucks in free betting stuff. And, you know, even if you're not a sports better, you sign up for these books. You get that, those free credits to cash in, right? Win yourself a few dollars on the Raptors making a little comeback. But, uh, you know, check out the channel memberships, the, the merch, all that cool stuff. Riker, do you got any last words on the Toronto Raptors coming back in six games against the Philadelphia 76ers? What worries you masters you, Ben. So I'm not worried about losing next game. And it'll make it... Wait, what? Did, how do you... <laughs> What do you say when you believe something and then it becomes a reality? Projecting. Speaking into existence. LeVar Speaking Ball. it into existence, Ben. Game three. Let's go. Cheers. Riker. In the six. The team from the six will win in six. Against the Sixers. It's going to happen. Let's speak it into existence. Cheers. Cheers.